This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series.
19 minutes past the hour of uh, 7 o'clock. It's the Power Breakfast Show. Uh, do you have any more votes on the message board, um, Shane? All right, let me check. Yes, sir. He's so trying to put on sexy voice. He ain't taking any message board. <laughs> 19 minutes after 7 o'clock. All right, just that's one more. Central animal lover is just say no. That's it. And Mrs. R started dial and waiting. Our poll this morning, let me give the poll results. Our poll this morning, do you think the Vincent Nelson scandal or issue has damaged the government's credibility? Do you think the government's credibility has been damaged by the entire um, imbroglio? Um, well, we had 22 people who chose to vote in the allotted time. Of the 22 people, 14 people said yes, they believe it has damaged the government's credibility. And eight people said no, they don't think it's damaged the government's credibility. So a total of 22 people have voted. Of course, you can continue to vote on this poll throughout the day, through all programming. And we'll give you the final results tomorrow morning, Wednesday, midweek. Um, we'll give you the results tomorrow morning. So, do you think the Vincent Nelson scandal or issue has damaged the government's credibility? That's our poll for today. You just got the results from our voters who voted in the last hour. And, of course, you can continue to vote. Um, just go to our website, um, power102fm.com, and you can log in your vote, and we'll tell you what the results are tomorrow. And now we can open the phone lines. Certainly, we can open the phone lines at this point. Uh, so, uh, 222-TALK, 222-8255. North Americans, 866-525-1099. Absolutely toll-free. And, of course, people on the web and the app, you know what to do. You can continue to vote. Hello, good morning. Yes, Mr. Richard, you're telling me about start a dial and at 2 minutes and 22 seconds are waiting. So, now I can get through. Go ahead, please. Um, yesterday, when you read the news, you read the news 12 o'clock, right? More or less. Yes, yes. Right, right. So, what disturbed you, or I should say, what should have disturbed you was when the clip of the grandmother said, um, just because my son in jail for murder, the killer innocent nine year old boy. But that disturbed me more than the bodies this morning that you're talking about. And that disturbed me more than the borders open. This is our grandmother, a mother, I'm a woman. That disturbed me greatly. How come you didn't make mention this morning of that? You don't find that disturbing to hear somebody say that? You remember, you want me to remember everything, right? I must remember everything. That were you there no, for? No, but tell me something. No, I mean, why are they for? Well, of course, you know, I'm there for you this morning. Because I find that this served me to my Let, let me try today. and get Avril to give me the clips so we can play back so people can hear. Is that okay? Of course. To give them some context. Sure. I'm telling you. I remember everything, you know, Mrs. Avril. You can tell your husband sometimes what they still you so you can talk about it. Now, he, he, nothing that disturbed me with him. Get that straight. Nothing. Put him in his place. Uh, I'll show you that. And send, send my love to Avia. That's my darling, you know. Put him in his place, Mrs. R. 
Now, I like to come for Paul too, you know, because I find real things are disturbing, but that in disturbing, like, bro, that is Like, you have enough thing at home, so you want to come for me too, like your thing's lacking hey, at don't, home. Don't, don't go down that road. Don't go down that road. <laughs> Oh, is he? Is he? Take your time. Take your time. You understand? Like, like you have enough thing home, so you're coming for me too. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, help. Come on, don't worry. If I don't love all you, but you know, I have to if, come if, for poor. If you had enough thing home, you would not have to come for me. Hmm. Wow. That's more time in your hand home. Yeah, you see, you see, Rich, you see, Mr. R, where it is, they just want to go when it is, you put them in a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm playing cricket just so he decides we playing football, we stick into what mm. sport we're doing right now. You find really yet? Well, well she's sending the clips to Shane. And as soon as we find them, we'll pay them for you. Is that right, yeah. Look, but it is a startling. Her. It is. I, I must. I, I will take Mrs. R. She, point of she view. is right because when I heard it's her, startling. It's startling. Yeah. Over the weekend, and I heard her say, um, and I found she was so. I'm trying to be fair. She's not cavalier. It's not the word. Accepting of the fact that she doesn't understand that there are implications to your son being in jail, not that in any way I'm suggesting it justifies anybody killing a exactly. nine-year-old. Exactly, same thing. My point too, yeah. but it is startling as a mother, as a grandmother, as a woman, I mean, we are, we supposedly, and I'm going down a road here, we supposedly are the, the more superior of the two sexes. And to me, we stand that just dropped by making that statement. I mean, how could you say that? I well, mean, I keep in mind, she was in, she, keep in mind, Mrs. Zao, she was in deep grief to her. I don't yeah, be but, thinking straight when you're in deep grief yeah, sometimes. But, nah, as I say, you had to remember too, guess what? Reality is, it is. You know what I mean? Sometimes, as I say, I'm not saying it's justified, but I'm saying, come on. What about just the other alleged, alleged quote-unquote, victims too? Or maybe... I and, mean, because, you know, and because her, grand, her son is in jail, doesn't necessarily mean he's guilty here. Of course, agreed. If we want to go down keep that, that road. in mind, also, we just think yes, we always think, yes, well, because they're in jail, they're guilty. Uh, no, remand is three thousand or something. I personally know, of, I personally know of situations, so yes, agreed. But as I say, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not talking now about the, the repercussions or whatever. I'm just saying that that to me, Mr. Richards, Dr. Richards, let me change back to your title. That for me is very, very that hurts in my heart, so I want to understand that. that. When, when the issue of criminality or alleged criminality comes into your space, there are all kinds of implications in this time we're in here now. Yeah, I mean, and I sadly, understand. this Specifically, if it was a specific targeting of a nine-year-old boy, that is even which more is what the grandmother is suggesting, yeah. that is a real new look. But we we don't know that. But if but it we is, don't know, yeah, but but that's yeah. what she seems to be suggesting. She's she's suggesting kind of is that kind of revenge or something? Yeah, as I said, as I said, that's what yes, it was played on the clip. I was like, what? Just because? I mean, come on, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. anyhow, I take up enough time. I'm dressing for work, hustling. Honey, we'll no, talk you, about you, this you're your show, you know, so you can get more time. All right, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will organize to go to Nagar before Monday. Okay, so we we'll talk about that when you get home. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Paul. Bye, Shane. Better we make your lunch for you, man. So the lines are open. Say what you think. Yeah. Someone wanted to, to uh, expand on the thoughts earlier on. You can call back now. Uh, 
massive in terms of his thoughts on the, the government's credibility. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Um, now, just going back to uh, give my point of view based on the uh, discussion this morning with this business uh, industry. And I assume that the information that um, I was preferred this morning based on the report by Anna Ramdas for the past few days, right? Uh, reading this morning on the Newsday article, there seemed to be a contrary view in terms of the role and responsibility of the Attorney General in one party plane. Because when the Anna Ramdas, you get the impression that the Attorney General entered into agreement that um, prevented agreement to not disclose information to any of the DPP or any other law abiding um, institution. But contrary to that, in the news article, the Senator, with the mutual aid assistance with uh, foreign countries, that was not part of the agreement, and that he had an obligation to provide that information to the, uh, the agencies. Now, the NCA, which is National Crime Agency, had instituted a, or initiated an investigation with Mr. Winston and he provided information based on what it is that we are discussing right now, right? Now, if that is so, Mr. Winston was charged, he was convicted, he did offer evidence within the court. So the issue of the government's credibility, right? Credibility. I cannot see that being the case because the information that the government is obligated to address. If it is that you're saying at all, the, the, the competence is something different in terms of how they manage it. It's different. But when you speak about credibility, it's alluding to... Uh, so do you, don't you think that competence affects credibility? In this instance, it's two, it's two different things because if you look at it, when, when you talk about credibility of an individual, you are saying that you are doing something that is um, incredulous. So we didn't add any context. We just said, is the government's no, credibility affected? That's all the question was. We didn't put any context in. No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't say that you add context. I said when the issue of credibility is raised, a person's assumption, because that it has been offered by certain, um, certain in the media, by certain individuals that seen at all, they seem to be a political man, which hunt. So when you add credibility to it, Persons already go along that line. I don't, when when the question was asked, there was no context for that the very reason. It was about whether the government's credibility slash reputation had been damaged by this. Not whether it was a political witch hunt or not, or whether the Attorney General was duty bound to act on it or not, which I put in a conversation this morning, if you'd remember, to add balance and also adding balance to the Prime Minister's statements, distancing himself in some way from it. So you are you are adding nuances that had not been that had not been proffered by us this morning. I am I am I am giving you right based on a caller listening to the, the program, right? That once the issue of credibility comes into play, that is something that comes in the mind and a certain would have come in the mind of most of your viewers and right? Even if if you had said competence would have been something different. Right? Now, the, the Prime Minister has been the head of national security. 
obviously he will be aware of certain things. It's different to being actually involved in terms of directing as to what the Attorney General and his role and function. But being aware is not, it's not and, and I think he did not say that how he was not aware, he said that how he didn't get involved. Right? So that discussion needs to be had a little broader. And if something is before a court, I can't see lawyers who are supposed to be senior counsels and other senior lawyers asking for the diversion of the information, knowing very well that it could impact upon the state's um, case matter. Right? Thank you. All right. Thank you for your, your opinion on the issue. Um, so, you know, that's the whole point. Some people are going to see it in different ways, um, whether it affects the government's credibility or not. Well, I, I think that if, of if course you, are, you, in your opinion, you don't about, think it does. So, if you're talking about competence, if, if, if yeah. it was incompetently handled, it affects your credibility also. No, well, obviously he sees it through a particular way of how he assesses credibility or not. So he doesn't see it as affecting the government's credibility, which is his point of view. Clearly. Yeah, so, and, and I mean, so you had eight people who agreed that it did not affect the government's credibility, and there were 14 who saying that they saw it as, as, as affecting government's credibility. So the issue, so people are going to have different opinions on this CD issue, and that's fine. Um... And that's why we asked the poll, what, what's, how do you see it? And you're free to see it however you want to see it. That's what the democracy is about. Yep. So I have no problem if that's how you see it. That's how you see it. So the lines are open. We'd like to hear yeah. two, 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 talk. Two, 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 eight, two, five, five. And North Americans, toll free, eight, six, six. 525-1099. So you can also weigh in on the issue of um of our poll this morning. And of course, we also talked about the body parts that were found, and we also talked about um less stress, and we also talked about the grandmother and the nine-year-old boy and the, the state. Well, the, the police have since detained four persons in connection with that murder. Hello, good morning. Yeah, hi, morning, morning, guys. Okay, morning. Yeah. Listen, uh, guys, listen, you know what? Down in that Kunapi area, it does not surprise me. I am from that area. And I will tell you, it's a level thing. Sometimes in the middle of the night, you hear these things like fireworks go off. But I mean, it's not fireworks, fireworks, right? The dogs always go crazy. I mean, I've made numerous complaints to the, the police station there. But again, they don't hear it because, you know, the police station is air conditioned. So... You know, when things go off in the night, and I'm talking about like I live just like about a few hundred meters from the from the um, police station, right? And you know, there's like in the middle of the night too. There's cars racing up and down the main road. You know, loud, 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 loud screeching. You hear it all the time. And again, nothing seems to be being monitored. Nothing seems to be done. So, you know, um, it doesn't surprise me that this level of activity happened within that particular area because. I don't know. It just seems like sometimes in the night, I swear it's a shooting range outside that they're practicing or some kind of thing like that. Right? So you know what is amazing like about that, that KT? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't often hear it where I am, but every now and then you could hear something that is obviously gunshots. And gunshots yeah. always sound a little not like gunshots in the movies. So it's always yeah. like, is that gunshots? You're right. It could sound kind of fireworkish. 
Yeah. And sometimes you can hear it and you don't know how close it is or how far it is um, because it could be some distance away. But whatever here, after you hear those gunshots, what I always find, at least in my memory, because of what I heard one maybe some a few maybe uh, uh, last week or sometime you heard it late at night and when i say late maybe like 11 12. what you never hear is the wheel of sirens after like it activates the police and they're in pursuit because they know it's gunshots too you don't hear that it just happens you hear nothing after and i'm like all right sirens are going to start up now zero yeah. No, you know, I remember Richard and I estimate like I'm about 1.5 kilometers from from the area of the hotspot area of Enterprise, right? Um, but you know, I am I am between that and the police station, and you're right. It's sometimes around 11, 12 o'clock in the night it, it, it happens. One o'clock in the morning it happens, and you hear no response um, after that. You know, can, can uh, I ask a question? Why is it a hotspot? Yeah. Is it that it's, it, there's a lot of gang activity there? Other drugs and well, stuff. Yes, I mean it has always been touted as a hotspot. I mean that's the area where um, I think Robocop used to you you, you used to be um you okay. used to be stationed, right? So yeah, it, it is considered a hotspot in in inverted commas from just from the media branding um, that that I've, that I've heard, right? Um, but yeah, you do hear about a lot of nefarious activity happening on that long side too. But also, what I'm saying is that there seems to be this this movement that. You share these things and, you know, you make a report, but I don't, you know, I, it doesn't seem to me that there's any kind of investi- um, investigations taking place because where I am as well, so I could see the, you know, the, the main road and I could tell if there's any any kind of, um, you know, uh, activity or response happening. You know, I could see it. And so, I, and there's absolutely nothing. It's like business as usual. So, yeah. I think... It's I think almost like if there, nobody has died... It, there's like no need to respond. I think we would and I think we were speaking somebody was making the point this morning very early, Paul, about, you know, um the borders and the Coast Guard response, etc. like that. But you know, what I want to put out there from what I um, what I've heard and what, what, what I kind of piece together, I think that there are people that know about these things, eh, in, in, in the particular authorities. But it seems to me that when you're in that particular area of law enforcement eh, for, for that kind of thing. It seems like you go and you try to find your niche spot. And then you control that spot, right? In terms of determining who comes in, who comes out, or what, is, or what action is being taken, or what action is being done. It seems like that is the way that, 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 that it happens. You know, you're like a, a, a little dawn pussy in that particular area. And that seems, that seems to be what happening because somebody always knows somebody who could get through there or, or, or come through there, as the case might be. So... You know that, 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 that we want to talk about about um, Alpol, as you said, when the US, um, you know, put out the advisory, hush him out, right? Hush him out because there doesn't seem to be any kind of really concerted effort we're doing to to, uh, to, to alleviate this washer a crime wave that we that we're having coming over. That. Yeah, to me, the only issue with the US advisory is a terrorism thing. Uh, but apart from that, they have the responsibility to warn the citizens. Thanks, yeah, uh, thanks, man. Uh, let's share. Yesterday, the newsroom was able to speak to senior counsel Israel Khan, uh, who had some very strong opinions on the present Vincent Nelson imbroglio, particularly related to the then Attorney General Faris Alari. His lawyers, or he himself, 
did not show up that indemnity agreement. It was done by the, the UK lawyers on behalf of Nelson. He sought advice from two prominent attorneys with impeccable integrity in relation to whether he should make payments, I understand. I do not know if he had indicated to them that he did not send this disagreement to the DPP. Then he took a statement, a notarized statement. All that is well and good that he took the notarized statement, but he should not have agreed to the indemnity agreement because that is massive inducement for this witness to give evidence. He sent the notarized statement to the DPP, and on the basis of that, the DPP entered the bargain arrangement with the accused Nelson without knowing that the Attorney General had signed on on uh, the indemnity agreement and made massive payments of taxpayer money to the, the lawyers in um, UK. So this whole thing is a mess, a total mess that this Attorney General through being inept, incompetent, or because of political ambition, not to overstep his boundaries, but went out of the way. And thus, as advisor to the cabinet, he misled the Prime Minister and his cabinet. So this is a very serious, serious issue. And this is all I prepare to say at this stage because the Criminal Bar Association is looking at it in relation to the Attorney General whether he committed criminal offenses and we will be liaising with the DPP. So I admire the DPP. He's an honorable man with much of integrity and by the Attorney General involving himself in it, possibly allow two corrupt persons to be let off the hook. But they are presumed to be an alternative for one guilty. I want to make that clear. There were serious allegations against him that the cause of the Attorney General acting ultra-virus, the Constitution, because it's his business not to interfere within the domain of the DPP. His business is to provide the DPP department with the necessary tools and ammunition to carry out a function, and all he's entitled to is the DPP will inform him and keep him up to date as to national cases are pending before him. But he cannot take an active role in gathering evidence and then binding the DPP hands by making deals with a suspect who committed a serious criminal offense. So he calls the, the two accused in Trinidad to be let off the hook. And this whole thing is a total, total mess. They're making our country a laughing stock, not only in the Caribbean, but throughout the Commonwealth. That's senior counsel Israel Khan. Did he say that he is through the bar association uh, taking it, seeking to take it further? Is that what you heard Raghubar saying? The criminal bar association. He said they are examining it to see whether any um, possible breaches took place. Yeah, laws were broken. Hmm. Whether there's any criminal culpability. Yeah. So I don't know. He actually said in part of the interview that, that he thinks that the Mr. Ravi should be fired. You know. Yeah. I don't know. You see, I, there's so much. Uh, there's so many gaps in the knowledge, and the chronology, and all of that. So you, I just don't know. You, at some point, you don't know. But what he's suggesting there is that Mr. Khan, that is that that uh, by uh, sending the notarized document to the DPP and himself seeming to make the deal of indemnity and paying the the lawyers in the uk taxpayers money it's almost like he's suggesting mr khan that is that the dpp was at that point bound by the agreements that the former ag made i, I don't know if it's true or not if that is accurate or not i'm just saying what mr khan's interpretation of the events is interpretation of the event is and that uh he should not have involved himself in any way like that uh, I don't. I don't know what the what your legal perspective is on Richard, but I mean, 
It's one thing to to get information coming to you and, and put it in the DPP's hand. It's another thing to be actively involved in seeking an indemnity deal before the DPP has been the one to initiate all of that. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be. Do you understand? So I think that is where Mr. Khan's contention is that if it is that you get information, you may be duty-bound to say, well, listen, I have information that criminal activity possibly took place. Look the information. But to go as far, if indeed that is what happened, of uh, authorizing the indemnity deal and using taxpayers' dollars to do that, I guess Mr. Khan's suggestion is that you have gone, you have not involved yourself in the process, which is not what your office is supposed to be doing. I, I don't know if I interpret it right. Well, Israel Khan is very opinionated. Yes. Obviously. obviously. And, and of course, he doesn't mince words in how he sees issues, um, whether he's right or not, um, in terms of how he sees issues. He, he expresses his opinion very um, frankly. Um, because that's his personality. Um, so um, I hear, I hear what he said. Uh, I heard what he said. Um, the the only thing that I would say is under the the plea bargaining act in Trinidad and Tobago, and I think it's criminal procedure plea discussion and plea agreement act. I think it's called. Um, usually a plea agreement or plea bargain takes place between the prosecutor and the accused and of course the defense for the accused in terms of okay um i'll just give you an example you may be charged for murder and you say okay i'm willing to plead guilty to manslaughter and um so that you, you the, the matter doesn't have to go to trial mm-hmm. so so that it because you remember like roughly i think it's i, I think it's statistically it's roughly 80% of cases, criminal cases in the United States are resolved right, by plea bargaining. Yeah. So the intent of that act was to see if that sort of statistic could be mirrored in the Trinidad and Tobago judicial system. And clear, and clear, the load of the and clear a lot of the backlog. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so you have MSIs, maximum sentence indications, where, where, where you have accused people and the, the i'm simplifying it the defense attorney will say well if to the to the prosecution or, or or to the judge if my client was to plead guilty what kind of sentence are we looking at and and the court could say well we're looking at a sentence of five years and the accused may say okay and and for time served because you're probably in jail anyway depending on what it is um and they may say okay fine i'll plead guilty because i know what the msi is so you have that kind of, which is not really a plea bargain, but it's a kind of cousin to it, if I want to put it that way. It's a but, then you have the plea, but then you have the plea bargain where you're saying, okay, I will do X. I will plead guilty to maybe a lesser charge um, because, you know, you would get lesser time. Or Now, the, the, the tricky thing is um, a plea bargaining arrangement, of course, means the prosecutor and the defense have to agree but the judge could decide that he or she does not agree remember the judge is the king of his court so even though you make a plea agreement or a plea arrangement the the judge could say no i'm not going along with this and the entire thing is out the window um even though the person has already pleaded guilty so those kinds of things can happen now do they may not happen often because 
the whole concept of plea bargaining is that you want confidence in the system. So if it is accused persons making a plea arrangement saying, but not sure, but you don't have confidence that the judge is going to go along with the plea agreement, then, then the whole system collapses. So, so there is a kind of informal going along, so to speak. But that's, that's, that's kind of a broad picture of how it works. So generally, the attorney general, generally in, in a normal circumstance, which is about I think Israel Khan is referring to, it's really the defense counsel and the prosecutor that make that arrangement. The attorney general doesn't really comment it. You understand? Yeah, so I, I think that's where yeah. he's, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, that's what he's saying. Yeah, and, and, and he's saying whether the agreement that the Attorney General was making, because whatever agreement you could... Because if you notice in that agreement, the, the Attorney General did say and was careful to say that he can recommend to the DPP because yeah. he can't dictate to the DPP because, because the, of the separation of powers. Yeah, and it's and a constitutionally protected yeah. mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. So you can say he can recommend to the DPP that X, Y, and Z happens. Now, the other issue is whether that agreement amongst an improper inducement for somebody to give evidence um, in exchange for certain indemnities, whether that amounts to an improper inducement. I suppose that is also what Israel Khan is talking about. Yeah. Phone lines are open. You can give us a call. Uh, We'd love to hear what you say. But I am not a criminal attorney, so, I mean, that's just how that my you know yeah how i see it assessment yeah. of it criminality is listening can probably contextualize it better yeah good morning good morning dr paul good morning. morning yes um you know i just love to hear mr israel Connor many times even though sometimes it sounds crazy but i always like to hear his views on things and just like what he said today i was saying that same thing telling myself that same thing you know, now if the indemnity that we said that yet, well, what people are saying that the attorney general drafted up and so on, if he is not the one who has that power, you know, because he could recommend to the, the DPP, why is it that Mr. Nelson, Vince Nelson, still want to hold that <laughs> against over the attorney general, um, head? Because if he's not the one to do it, why, why is that an issue? It's well, an issue because he, in his mind, when he when he's made an agreement with the attorney general, he's made an agreement with the government, and by extension, the cabinet. So if if you've made that agreement and and Stuart Young takes the information and takes it to the UK agency, which may still come and prosecute you, you think that your agreement has been breached. Okay, okay. You're making an agreement with Faris Alwari as a person, you know. You're making an arrangement with Faris Alwari as a representative of the state. Mm-hmm. I understand now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, well, okay. In that case, I understand clearly he should not have done that. <laughs> yeah, so he felt that, you know, okay, I, I have this agreement, but you all took the information to the UK authority, which puts me at risk for prosecution mm-hmm. there. So even if I get away, well, let me start, if I get away here, because you didn't admit you're guilty already. So mm-hmm. I could say get away. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean that the UK authority will take the same approach to you. Yeah. I understand. Okay. And with that, he now he has like the he had the trump card now to say, well, okay, if that's the case, then I want to hear my matter first before I do anything. Me testifying for none of you. 
right. And he could very well go and say, you know what? A liar. I can't make a statement. I lied. Yeah. I lied. But don't they have something in writing that he said before? Like what? I lied. I signed it. I, I committed perjury. I lied. Well, I recant my statement because he's recanted his, his opinion before in, in thinking with times. me. I lied. I lied. I lied on them. Yeah. But another thing I saw in the newspapers where he's, where he's claiming for loss of income and so on. Wasn't he debarred from um, practicing? Well, yeah, but that is because of him. If if you say take a take a, a kickback bribe, uh, or t- or was involved in a kickback scheme, mm-hmm. you think you could practice law after that? Right. So why is he claiming for loss of income? <laughs> he cannot work anyway. <laughs> because you know? he can. Oh because my goodness! He... This thing really like. Huh. I have said from the start, he's about saving himself. You know, yes. he's always been about saving himself and enriching himself. That's why I said from the start, he is never going to be a credible witness a credible because witness. he can, his yes. opinion can be bought. Yes, yes. Hmm. All right, thank you all very much. Good thank program. Thank you. Have a great day. He was never going to be a credible witness. Uh, Shane, I think you have the grandmother's clip also that, that Mrs. Arrow referenced earlier on. Do you? Yes, I do. Can you play it so that Mrs. Arrow will be appeased? Sure. I want to know why. Why? Why did you buy dance from this? Why? <laughs> and she was a quiet child, and I don't want to do nothing. Why? First thing all I will say is because my son and Jeff are killing our man, and I get Papa, is not right. Why is nothing? This is not the situation. I'm not saying that it's not the It's two different situation. My grandchild playing on the field, and we just killing him. Whoa, whoa, the situation with my son in a jail for killing. I want to do with this phone. Only out of time in. My grandson innocent in this. No, you understand? That nothing, the two is nothing together. It has nothing to do with one another. I'm just born here. I'm just going to school, capital, I'm RC school. I'm just a good child. I'm just never was rude to me. I'm just never do nothing. Ah. And here we are. And the numbers are to talk. Let's talk about sing work, talk about sing what's your number. We have a call. Two two talk two 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 eight two five five North Americans eight six six five two five ten ninety nine. We know the numbers. Good morning again. Um I want to agree with Paul this morning very early. My issue is about what he said he read about the um, bodies in the bag and about the kind of murders we are having here. I think that is something that needs to concern us even more than the Vincent Nelson story. Because you see what's going on here? As Paul would have, I, and I would have agreed with Paul, there is a South American something. And let me tell you, you see when there, the Venezuelans were coming here in Grap, you remember there was a bunch of people that were, came into on some beach, I can't remember which one in South, and they went into the forest down there. When they hunt them out, about close to 100 of them, I read on the newspaper the story that they gave to the, 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 the um, person who wrote the story spoke to them. And I get to realize it were a bunch of army and police that 
were that deflected then, those who were supporting um, the other side, not Maduro. And when I realized that we have a lot of trained men in this country, you know. This, this is Zena? Yes, it is. You know what another thing that we don't want to talk about too? Army and police flee Venezuela with gun and come here too. And it's still coming, and this is what have the because army and police all didn't stay there to take pressure. No, and they didn't come here in a strange country alone. They brought the things with them, and they have. And I'm wondering if they ever really searched that forested area where they picked them up. If they ever searched that area real thorough, because I feel it must be a plenty thing buried there. I am saying this country here have too many guns into the hands of youths, illegal guns, and that is what um, bringing this country into the state that it is. Yes, we keep talking about oh, we ain't safe and the security, and every day we come and down on the prime minister and the police and the one. What about the people themselves? Who leave in the bed in the night to go out there and do what they're doing? We have to beg our men, our young men, to behave and to look towards God, put the fear of God in themselves and stop the shooting and killing. Look at what discovered this morning. That remind me when we had that same incident with tooks and bulls and them. I think that was a thing of the past. Eh? Look at look at what's going on here now and leaving it bold faced. So that people will find it so that we're listening a message. And look at what happened to the man they killed. How many Venezuelans and driving. Did they have license to drive here? And only uh, argument escalate over an incident on the road. And only kill the man. Nah, man. It's time the government gets serious and send back all of them. And let me tell you, right in a Rima tongue here. A lot of the Venezuela, every other Venezuela, no man passed me the belly big. They think they're stupid. They're trying to make children sure here to stay here. Every other Venezuela, no man. Ask you some things, you know. Yes. Somebody forcing the men to impregnate them. What? Somebody forcing the men to impregnate the woman. I am saying them looking for the impregnation. Well, let me ask you something. It's Somebody forcing the men to impregnate them, right? They holding the men at gunpoint to impregnate well, you them. Know. You know how men is. They're how? not Tell going me. to refuse. Well, so, look, Paul, I can't say Tell me. Yet. Somebody, because, they hold the men at gunpoint impregnate them, eh? No, no, because all they like red thing. So they go run it down. All you like um, red thing, eh, eh. So, but, <laughs> and hear what? But you see, you see the jokes that go between me and you, all you. You see what Richard said this morning, that um, he read me like a book. I want to tell people out there, don't get personal with me. Like the, the message that Shane read. That people like Z, that you're called to vote, vote. And call when you have Leave time. Leave Yeah, or you should tell the person that you're voting, don't bring any personal things into this. So I agree with that. Vote, vote your vote and don't, no don't, right don't worry about nobody that. else's vote. He has no right to say that. He vote yeah. or say something else, be neutral. Don't come on me. Have your own vote. Vote your vote. I Don't come on nobody else's vote. That's right. That's right. You understand? And you see that Vince Nelson thing like you're trying in public. You see me? That here, uh, that is a whole rotten, rotten, rotten fish. And that does not exonerate the, the all who involve. 
in that. But don't try to put it now and make a case that is Alwari and Alwari must go. He have guilty men here. Talk about them. To push that aside and don't call their name. So I find it's time if, if we can't call their name and call them on them and to accept what they do, let us leave that story alone and let the courts deal with it. I go on. Running up your ass, Ben Hello? So you train man like Red Woman, so. Chain nice you, boy? Um. Good morning. Um, I get on pause already. I, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> you know, Paul, I tend to agree with you based on. I tend to agree with you based on all that is going on when we come down to the line of crime and Trinidad. And there is something I always take note of. And I said, if it was, if you put Haiti where Venezuela was, Trinidad government was, would not be so inclined to bring them here fast. I don't know if it's about the color. I don't know if, what, if the government attracted... It is, it is exactly about the primary color of the Haitian people because... Can, can and and, and that, is a, that is a global thing. Yes. So I wanted to be sarcastic like you because I have a bit of it. And I totally understand that. Haiti, there's so much things going on in Haiti. Nobody is thinking about Nobody take on Haiti. Nobody take on Haiti. Haiti is like a... We, we bring Venezuelans here. They are bringing the guns. We pretend Haiti don't exist. We don't guns. bring Venezuelans here. Venezuelans come here. Because they're next door. I, I say it like that. So don't say that. If, it, if Haiti was next door... Haitians would be yeah. here. Well, yeah, yeah. But because Haitians do go to Jamaica and they do go to the other islands that are closer to them. So saying that the government is bringing Venezuelans here is erroneous and a misstatement. Richard, Richard, I'm sorry about that. But my point is, my words just get changed. My point that I'm making, they, it's easy for them to come here and they keep on coming. But I'm thinking... Based on the opening up of the door, which the government did, they would not have done that for Haiti. That's that's my key point. They would not have done but that. But the government never opened any door. That's the point I am making. Venezuelan migration to Trinidad and Tobago is age old. Of course, it was exacerbated because of what's going on in that country. If it yes. was Haiti next door, Haitians, migrants don't need permission of the state they're going to, you know. That's why it's a problem around the world. If you want to consider okay. the problem, humans have right. always been nomads historically. And if there's a problem where I live, you move. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. It's more difficult for Haitians. Haitians would not see Trinidad and Tobago as a refuge when you have uh, uh, several other islands that are closer. So it's a, it's a bad analogy. All right, we have news up next. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.